0: share. So there was two. so Well, each of us, as we were at the conference, got a word from the Lord. Uh, For us in particular, uh, things that we were dealing with, you know, challenged with, struggling with. And I'm not going to open those up and share all those with you today, because that was for me. That wasn't for you. However, there were, as we were getting prayed for, um, there were two words that got released over us as your senior leaders, and then Andy and Sid were up front with us as well, so over the leadership team, and it really just, I, I want to share them with you, I won't do them word for word, but I'll give you the gist of what they are, because they link in with all the other things that we have been sensing and feeling, and the, and they, they really don't know, especially this, the second one that I give you, had no idea of the stuff that, you know, we've been going through uh, as a church. So the first one was from Pastor Jack, as we call him, Grubby, who was here. And he kept seeing, as the, as we were praying, a, like kind of a stoplight or like a red light. And the Lord was just saying, every time that I say stop, you stopped. And every time that I say go, you went. And he was referencing us. You know, how and how the leadership, and so, because there's a lot of times, you know, we've been wanting to go and do something, and the Lord has just stopped us, right? It says in Acts, where Paul wanted to go somewhere, and the Holy Spirit, stop, right? Even though Paul wanted to go, but it was stopped. And so, uh, he was just saying it over and over. Every time the Lord has said, stop, you stopped. And every time the Lord says, go, you went. And he said, the season you're moving into now is a green light, It's a green light, and it's go, and it's moving forward, and it's go, 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 go. And along with that going, there will be a sense of growth for us and the leadership team personally, but a sense of growth for the church, both in your walk with the Lord and, I believe, numerically as well. But there's a growth that is coming because the stoplights are done. The Lord's saying now is the time to go. I was like, Hallelujah, right? So it was like, man, I received that word. And then Pastor Tina came up. Uh, she's a powerhouse, a prophetic person, and she came up and she said, "Look, I just keep seeing reverse Jenga." And I'm like, "What?" It's like. So then I started thinking, well, what is Jenga? Everybody know what Jenga is? So Jenga is the game of blocks that are all kind of together, and they're in a tower, and you keep pulling things out. The goal is to pull stuff out without it crumbling down. Yeah, that's what Jenga is. And as you know, as a church, the Lord gave us a word, uh, addition by subtraction. And so this, she has no idea, you know, the subtracting ministries that he's asked us to stop and all these different things that we have been living through and going through over the past couple years. And she says, I'm now seeing reverse Jenga. He is putting things now back into place that need to be in place to firm up the foundation so that you can continue to, that God continues to grow this church and the foundation will be settled and the church is going to grow. Amen? Amen. Let's give, a, let's give God a hand for that word. Yeah.
1: I'm looking at his notes here and I just want to, I want to add. I don't like to always add to what you say because you do so well. But um, with the stop and the go and the stop, Pastor Jack just kept saying it. And it's so cool when the Lord is speaking to you with, in a word prophetically and he tells you what you've said to him that nobody knows you've said it to him. And Pastor Jack goes, and the Lord would say, you've turned to me and you said, Lord, when will you make up your mind? Our hearts cry as we pray together. As I mean, and as we've been leading is will you please tell us like can okay go stop oh okay go stop so it was just so powerful when you're getting a prophetic word I mean Grubby didn't know that he didn't know the conversations we've had with the Lord but I can tell you that that sentence has escaped our lips to the Lord like what are you doing like make up your mind um so that was really awesome Um, And then the pastor Tina, I love this. Nothing else will be pulled out from you anymore. Oh, and that's when the, that's when the eyes started like, yes, yes. And he is now building upward. (laughs) He is now building upward. He is now building upward. And just this man has been standing so firm on and the Lord added to them daily and the Lord added to them daily. Not because we have pumpkin creamer do we add to church membership. Not because we have, you know, J. Thomas leading worship do we add, does he add to them daily. But the Lord adds to them daily. And this was just confirmation of that word that you have been a mouthpiece of encouraging me, encouraging Annie, and just encouraging whoever will listen. God is faithful to his word and he will add to the church daily.
0: Okay, yes, you may go. Thank you. All right. Uh, And then there's some other things that the Lord confirmed, some vision stuff. I'm not going to go through that today uh, regarding kids' ministry and the nursery and some other things. Uh, We still need a few volunteers for nursery. So if you are interested, uh, put on a connection card, call the church, or see me after. Uh, We need a couple more positions filled as we're working to develop uh, relaunching uh, nursery. Uh, But we just kept getting the word relaunch, kind of restart. And so all the things that we've been doing, the Lord was speaking to us. All All right. I just have a quick scripture for offering that I want to get Pastor Jim up here and give him uh, time to share what the Lord has put on his heart. Uh, Amen. 2 Corinthians 9. I've been walking through 2 Corinthians 9 as we've been doing the offering scripture. It says this, as it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. And I get it, you know, I always, I read that and I get the amen, amen, absolutely, you know, God is good, he is faithful, and he is. But when it says, as it is written, that means they're referencing something from somewhere else. And so I went back and looked at the reference uh, that Paul was giving, and it's out of Psalm 112. And I'm not going to share that whole thing with you, but I'm, and it's not on the screen, but I want you to hear this. Psalm 112 says this, "'Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. A good man deals graciously and lends, and will guide, he will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken.' surely he will never be shaken. This is about a man who fears the Lord. Those who trust in the Lord in every area of our life, it says, surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid And then it says he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor in his righteousness because that's what God has for us. That's his promises, amen? So let's pray over that. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your promises. We thank you, Father God, that as we fear you in the sense of not wanting to be separated from you, Lord, that you continue to bless Father God. And and Rich and I were just talking. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that it's impossible to please you without faith. So, Father, we just release faith, Father God, over these finances, over over these tithes, over these offerings. We release it. As we give, we release it completely back to you to have your way with it, to have your way with our other 90%. All of it's yours. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so again, not a guest speaker, but our founding pastors are here with us. I spent some days in Virginia. You're normally in Virginia, but now you're here, and we're back here. So we're both in Erie at the same time, and as, as Liz said, I, I thought about you more the past couple, past couple days than I have in a long time. Well, one, because it's been a three-year anniversary of you, you know, on the side of the road for 13 minutes not to mention. So that was recently in the middle of September here. Um, But I was thinking of you because the conference title was sharpened. And it was all about the Word of God. And you have taught us well. You have trained us well. We We are here because of you. We, Liz and I, are here because of you. And so for both of you. And so we love you guys. We appreciate you. Come share with whatever the Lord has on your heart today. Come on.
2: Love you, man. Appreciate you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, that was good. It's good to to get resharpened, and we've always appreciated those times to get away, and it's not always the big heavy revies that you get, but just the time you have to just sit and and receive, you know. And uh, so, you know, the Bible says, freely we have received, and so freely we give. So, you know, anyone who's in a position of leadership or, uh, speaking to others, you know, has to be humble enough to sit down and listen and, and have their spirit fed. So we appreciate that, that you took the time to do that. And, uh, we did, we too thought of you in Virginia. We thought, you know, that's, that's kind of our territory now, you know, but we're glad you got to, uh, spend some time down there. And, um, so before I, I get into my message this morning, and I'm not going to be long, they told me to keep it under an hour and a half, and no, no, it's, it's, it's not going to be long. But, you know, I, I saw something this week that came up on, uh, on Facebook, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that you just, you know, and go over. But I thought this was so good, and when I read it, I thought, I just have to share this with people because there's so much uh, power and truth in it. And I think it's a, it, it espouses a good philosophy of life. Uh, and uh, it's 20 things uh, to, to uh, I guess, integrate into our life or to um, practice. And the first is compliment three people every day. That's a, that's a good thought. I thought. Compliment three people every day. Watch a sunrise at least once a year. You know, just slow down a little bit and just be awed and amazed. And I I get to see that, you know, I get where we live. I I come across the highway and I can see the sun coming up in the east and sometimes it's just this big orange ball, you know. I mean, it's just amazing. Be the first to say hello. Isn't that good? Be the first to say hello. When you walk into a room, don't wait for somebody to come and, you know, recognize you. Reach out and, you know, make someone else feel comfortable. Uh, Live beneath your means. That's a a good principle to live by. Live beneath your means. Treat everyone like you want to be treated. Isn't that good? Never give up on anybody. Miracles happen. And uh, as Pastor Jason mentioned uh, this past week, the 29th was the day I came out of my coma. I wish I had brought the picture. I have a picture that I took uh, three years ago, and it came, well, four years ago. I took it four years ago, and it came up uh, on the day of, the, on the 29th. And it's a beautiful rainbow in, the, in our backyard. I took this picture on the 29th, was it 2017. And three years later, on that day, was the day that, that I came out of the coma and woke up. So, um, so never give up because miracles happen. Forget the Joneses, right? Never deprive someone of hope. It may be all he has or he or she has. Pray not for things but for wisdom and courage. That's good. Be tough-minded, but tender-hearted. Be kinder than necessary. Isn't that good? Don't forget a person's greatest emotional need is to feel appreciated. Keep your promises. Learn to show cheerfulness even when you don't feel like it. Remember that overnight success Usually takes about 15 years, right? Isn't that true? Somebody say, "Man, that guy's an overnight success." You don't. You have no idea what what went on behind the scenes. Leave everything better than you found it. Remember that winners do what losers don't want to do. When you arrive at your job in the morning, let the first thing you say brighten everyone's day. Don't rain on other people's parades. And finally, number 20, never waste an opportunity to tell someone you love them. So that's, that's really, that's good stuff. I thought, man, that's, that's worthy of sharing, taking a few minutes and sharing. All right, so uh, let's pray before we get into the word this morning. Father, we just thank you, Father, for the encouragement that we've already experienced and we've heard. Thank you today for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Father, we thank you that your word is alive. It's a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. Thank you today, Father, that we'll be renewed, we'll be encouraged, we'll be strengthened, and our life will be different and empowered because of your word. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. Well, I prayed about what the Lord would have me to share this morning, and... uh, what I, what I came up with, what I felt the Lord was saying to me is stay focused. Stay focused. Now, I'm, we're, not, we're all familiar with the power of a laser beam. You know, you can take laser light and you can cut metal with it. Um, you can take a water and you can focus the power of water and, and you can cut things with it and you know in our world today we face so many distractions I mean just face it just look things that are going on politically in our country and in the world there's so many distractions and things that are going on that it would be very very easy to lose focus to dissipate our energies to dissipate our our uh, you know, what are, what are, what's primary in our thinking and whatever. But God wants us to live above the distractions that we're facing in our world. In fact, most highly successful people in history have been uh, focus specialists. For instance, Einstein focused on physics. Elon Musk has focused on technology. Shakespeare, focused on writing. Um, And Jesus was and remained focused on the mission that God had sent him to accomplish. If you could do a number two slide. The scripture tells us this, and the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them because he had ministered. He had touched their lives. You know, he was very popular at that moment because of what he had done in their midst. And, and you can imagine the pull, that pull upon him where we want you to stay here. And they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the gospel, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. So you can imagine the, the emotional pull that was happening in the life of Jesus. You know, popularity, uh, the draw, just feeling, you know, wow. You know, the, God's used me powerfully in this, in this uh, dynamic, in this situation. But Jesus knew that his mission uh, was to be focused and it was broader And he didn't lose that perspective in his life. And the difference between successful people and really successful people, this is a quote of Warren Buffett. He said, the difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. Isn't that something? Well, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you start saying no, you know, no to your kids and you know no to everything going on. But what it does mean is and, and a lesson that he's learned, obviously, is that you can't do everything and you can't do everything well and with excellence. There has to be there has to be a focus in your life. You've got to you've got to maintain that. Uh, In fact, I believe that Satan's biggest ploy uh, is distraction. Go to number three. His biggest ploy is distraction. You know, the Bible tells us in Colossians that Jesus, he, Jesus, has delivered us from the power of darkness. So, you know, that's a powerful statement. Satan's power, his authority... Uh, over the life, not not that does not negate his the influence that he can try to exert, but his power has been broken. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15 says, Having disarmed, he disarmed, you know, take stick him up. <laughs> That's what Jesus did. He, you know, he came up out of the grave, stick him up, you know. Throw all your weapons on the ground. That's what Jesus disarmed principalities and powers. So in the life of a believer, it's not that Satan has this great power and influence because he's no longer our Lord. He's not our Lord anymore. But the one tool that he has, the one thing that he will use to, to hold us from Completing the assignment that God has given to us to, or to hold us from fulfilling God's plan and purpose for our life is distraction. Any of you ever have problems with distraction? Oh, look, a bird. You know. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a loss of focus. It's, it's uh, 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 keeping us on the cutting edge, keeping us from the thing that, the assignment that God has given to us. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So God has a, has a, a general and he has a specific plan for your life. And to walk in it, to walk in, in the general and the specific, it, it is going to require a level of focus to do that. Because Satan will pull a lot of different alternatives up, a lot of different, a lot of different things. Uh, there's a principle, Pareto principle. It says that 80% of results come from 20% of action. 80% of results come from 20% of action. So that's why it's important to find out what it is. What is the thing that is most important? What is the, what is the thing that, that I need to focus my time upon? Because if not, uh, you know, I'm, can, I'll be a generalist about everything and excel in nothing. A sharp knife cuts better because it applies more pressure to a smaller area. Did you ever try to cut something with a dull knife, you know, or a dull axe? But if you sharpen it, it's amazing the difference. You can cut a piece of paper with a sharp axe, but you have a hard time, uh, you know, cutting anything if it's if it's dull. So the general principle, the, the the general. Uh, purpose and, and guide or guideline that God has for all of our life is for each and every one of us to grow into spiritual maturity that, that's, that's, a, that's a general thing for every single one of us the Bible says in Colossians that uh, Paul said that his goal was to bring every person to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that's why this has always been a church about spiritual growth, about learning our relationship with the Lord, learning how to be led by His, by His Spirit, learning, you know, growing up in our life. Uh, so that's, that's, a, that's a general directive for every one of us. Paul said in Colossians 128, he says, "...whom we preach, warning every man... And teaching every man or every woman, every person in wisdom that we may present every person perfect in Christ Jesus. And so by perfect, that word perfect, it actually means mature. So a general directive for every person, every believer, is to grow up, not to remain a spiritual babe. You know, to, to grow in, 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 spirit, in, in our spiritual maturity. But then there's a specific there's a specific directive that God has for you as an individual. And God's plan for you is unique for you. You know, it's, it's specific for you. It's unique for you. And why it's important to gain the general directive learning how to hear the voice of God is so you can walk out into the specific thing that he has for you. Because if you don't know how to hear the voice of God, if you don't know how to be led by the Spirit of God, you know, you're not going to walk in the light of it. So that's kind of like the basic place where we need to start. We need to start where I, I, I hear his voice. I know his, uh, his word. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a doer of the word of God. And, and then... Uh, and then I can walk it out in specific ways. You cannot find God's plan for your life uh, simply by observing other people. You can't. now you can learn you can learn some principles from watching other people. You can, you can learn lifestyle decisions that they 've made and you can learn things from them but you must go to God and learn his plan and purpose for your life. And that's where, that's where you will get the directive from him. Not by looking at other people. You know, well, so-and-so did such-and-such, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what they did. No, no, no. You've got to hear from heaven. You've got to be led by the Holy Ghost. I love this example, if you go to slide number five here. This is when uh, Jesus had said to Peter, he had asked him, Peter, do you love me? And Peter goes, well, yeah, I like you. He says, no, Peter, do you love me? Well, you, you know, I like you. And finally, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And, and I, think, I think this really gets to the heart of what I'm talking about this morning is our love for Jesus needs to remain white hot. Amen. Because if our, if our love for him becomes uh, a cool, and you know, I, I think about this. I think about it as we look at this particular incident in the life of Peter where Jesus, Peter's just getting ready to get started on God's plan for his life. And Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And you know, and then you read the back of the book in, in the book of Revelation. And God says, no, here's what I have against you. You've lost your first love. So we've got to keep our love for Jesus white hot. And so here's what, here's, so Jesus had asked Peter these questions. Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? And then Jesus says to Peter, Peter, here's, here's what's going to happen in the latter part of your life. And then verse 20, it says, Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, uh, who is the one who betrays you? And Peter, seeing him, or in other words, Peter looked behind and saw John following he and Jesus. Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? What about him? And Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. We're talking today about keeping focus. Keeping focus. You know, Jesus had just told Peter some significant things that were going to be happening in his life. And I mean, the next minute, Peter's, going, Peter's already lost focus upon that, and he's thinking about, what about him? What about, what about Peter, you know? Or what, what about John? Peter, he was already distracted by focusing more on John's life than his own. Focusing more on the internet, on the news, you know, on what, what, the other, what other churches are doing, what this person is doing. God says, don't lose your focus. Keep your focus. Jesus said, what is that to you? In other words, don't get sidetracked, Peter. Don't get sidetracked. Every person will be personally accountable to God. Every person, every one of us are going to be personally accountable to God. You know, when we stand before God, someday he's not going to say, Tell me about your wife. Tell me about your husband. Tell me about you know your pastor. Tell me about this or tell me about that. He's going to say, "Tell me, tell me about did you do what I asked you to do?" And that's a, that's a specific thing. Not everybody's called to pastor a church. Not everybody's called to you know to move someplace different. Not everybody's. But, but, God, but God wants to direct your life. And, and, the, and the thing that's critical to walking in his directive for your life is not getting distracted. Jesus was saying to Peter to turn aside from the distractions and stay focused. Stay focused. How do you do that? How do you do that? Psalm 34 and 3, it's not on the screen, says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Psalm 69 and 30 says, I will praise the name of the Lord with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. So magnify, magnify means to make larger or to focus upon. Now, every guy here, I'm sure, when you were growing up, you know, you'd, you got a magnifying glass and you go out in the backyard and you'd uh, find some ants. <laughs> you take, the, take the, the laser focus of that light. You know, what a, what, to magnify the Lord means to, you know, to focus upon Him. Keep, set, you know, set your focus upon Him. Let Him be bigger in your life, you're not going to find his directive. You're not going to find his will by scrolling through, you know, 10,000 pages of, you know, internet read or, or, or whatever, whatever it is, flipping through the channels or, or whatever it is. I'm not here preaching against things this morning. What I'm saying is that these things have to have their proper place in our life. They have to have their proper place in our life. And, and Jesus, you know, has to have the preeminence. He has to have the preeminence. And so we've got, to, we've got to magnify. Now, I'm preaching to the choir this morning. You know what I mean by that? You know, you're, you're a church. <laughs> You've taken the time to come out to church and, and hear the word of God. So I'm, I'm encouraging us today. And, and reminding us of how important it is to maintain that course in your life. Maintain that course in your life. And, and continue making adjustments if you must do that. That's, that's just part of spiritual growth. It's making slight adjustments in our life. So Peter needed to remain focused. You know, I have, when my email comes in, I have two different... Uh, two different things. It comes in. There's a there's a uh, a general where everything goes, and then there's a focused. I don't know how it does it, but you know it knows what is most important in your life. And if I go to the go to the general one, I mean it's got all this you know all this. I mean it's just so I just go through it anymore and delete 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 delete. Might be good stuff but it's not going to be helpful in it for any purpose. So I've got, to, I've got to maintain focus. What's important? Somebody communicating with me? You know, is there something important? Is there something I have to be at or a meeting or whatever? Uh, that, that's what really counts. And so uh, don't get sidetracked because of somebody else's experience. And that's another thing. That's another thing. A lot of times we look at what someone else experienced and we make that, well, if whatever happened to such and such a person, let the word be your main focus. Let that be what you put your, 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 uh, your focus upon. And so don't get sidetracked because of another's experience. Uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29. I got to hurry up here. Number six. It says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of the law. And the context, I went back and I read the context of uh, of this directive that was given. And it was Moses speaking to Israel Uh, as they're ready to walk through and go into the promised land. And and it's really kind of a sad thing because he talks about how all the negative things that are going to happen to them uh, because they lost their focus. They lost their focus. They got their eyes on all the things that the people living in the land were doing. And it, and it got into, got into their lifestyle. That's kind of what's happening in our country today. It's kind of what's, what's going on in our country today. You know, people are looking You know, uh, consensus always goes to the lowest common denominator. It doesn't take you up higher. It always takes you down to, to a lower place. And God said, I'll set you on high above the nations of the earth. And, and so, so he was telling them uh, that what's going to be important when you go into this land, there's going to be all kinds of things that are going to try to bring you down to a lower place, to a lower level. But you've got to live your life by revelation. You've got to live your life by focus upon the Lord and what His directives are to you. Don't get your eyes fixed on somebody on the Joneses or on another culture. You've got to keep your eyes focused. So God has a personal plan uh, for your life. Now, you can learn by observing decisions people made, and you can learn general principles, but God's plan is unique. It's specific for you. It's tailor-made for you. Uh, I so much appreciated what Pastor Jason shared last week, and, and I, had, uh, I had forgotten about that when Christopher Alam was here. And and that was so powerful. And uh, he preached, you know, he just... Here's the thing. Don't go to God only to get answers. Go to God to know Him. And sometimes that's just positioning yourself, showing up, being in church, Spending time with him. And I, I just love what he shared. And again, like I said, I had forgotten that. But Christopher Olam was preaching. The anointing was here as he's preaching the word of God. And God spoke to Pastor Jason. What a courageous, what a courageous move to lead. G- In fact, I had someone come up to me, Bob, uh, after church last week. He said, well, do you know that... Pastor Jason was my boss's, boss's, boss. (laughs) Pretty high up in the food chain, you know. But one word from God. and, And walking that out. And it changed so many, so many things. So many things. So... This is why it's so important to position yourself and to be in God's presence. Not only corporately, but, but alone. Not seeking, not seeking answers. God, I need an answer for this. I need a directive for this. But I just want to be with you, Lord. I want to focus upon you. Because what my experience is, and what I have found, is that most of the times when God will speak something to you it's not because you're looking for something it's just he downloads it there it is and you know sometimes it's sometimes it could be big things like leaving you know uh, a big high mucky muck job at GE or it might be something more mundane like uh, a few years back I was sitting in our driveway and I'm sitting in the driveway, and the Spirit of the Lord said to me, he said, uh, you know that tractor that you looked at last year? I want you to go back and check it out. And I said, Lord, that tractor is gone. That thing is sold. I had gone to pick up something. Pam found something on the Internet, and I went out somewhere out in McCain, and picked it up, and this guy had all this stuff in his yard, you know. He had all kinds of things, and he sold stuff out of his yard, and some of it he put on the Internet. And uh, so I went out there to pick up something for her, and I happened to notice this yellow tractor out in the back in this little shed. And I, go, oh, that's, and I knew a little bit about this kind of tractor, you know. And I thought, that's a nice little tractor. But I wasn't in a position at the time to pursue anything, you know. I just took note of it. And I wasn't thinking about this tractor, I'm just staying in tune, you know, staying, staying in touch with God, listening to heaven. And I, I'm not even, th- I'm not thinking about a tractor. And God says, well, you know that tractor, you need to go check it out. I go, but Lord, that tractor's gone. And it, it comes back, you need to go check it out, you know, three times, go check it out. I said, okay, all right, I'll go. <laughs> So I drive out there, and sure enough, this is yellow tractor sitting there. And it's just the sweetest little tractor. It's got a plow on the front. It's got a belly mower. I mean, I love that little tractor. Thank God for Brother Rich. You know, he keeps it running for me. But, uh, but you know, you gotta, you've got to have personal time. Not seeking specific answers, but staying connected, keeping your focus. Keeping your focus. Romans 14, 12 says, so then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Each of us. So we're going to give account of ourselves to God. That's, that, makes, that really puts it in perspective how important it is that I stay divinely connected and my ear attuned to what the Lord would say to me. It doesn't say I'm, going to, I'm not going to have to give account for you, for anybody else. You know, the, the, those that are in a leadership position, the Bible says, yes, they're going to have a, give, give account of their, of their service as unto the Lord. But in terms of as a believer, my personal life, again, you know, Peter, again, Peter's going, what about him? Jesus said, I'm not concerned about him. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. You're the man I'm talking to. I've got some things to say to you. So each of us will give account of ourselves to the Lord. 2 Corinthians 10 12. The next slide. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Isn't that something? It's not wise. Don't, don't, don't get your eyes. On anybody else, keep your eyes on Jesus. Let him be the, the, the center of your focus. Class means to put oneself in a particular category. Command means to recommend. What he is saying is that nobody else is to be your or, or my measuring stick. Jesus is our measuring stick. Jesus Leadership and directives in our life. Uh, so, how can you maintain? I'm almost done. How can you maintain uh, that proper focus in your life? Colossians 3 2. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your affection on things. Affection means your mind and mentality to keep giving serious consideration, to keep thinking about. Let your mind dwell on. You've got to continue to do mental resets in your life. I've got to to come back. Come back to the Word. Come back to my personal time. You know, I'm not talking about you have to spend five hours a day every day in prayer. You know, as spirit-filled believers... We are so blessed because, you know, we understand what the Bible teaches about being filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues. You know, your spirit man is just alive, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the the Holy Ghost, keeping yourself in the love of God. There's so many changes happening in our country, and our world. There's so much division and confusion. No matter what decision uh, a, a church leader may make, and I, I so much appreciated what Pastor Jason shared this morning. Man, full bore, glory be to God. A fresh, new season. But, you know, as a leader follows the directives of God in their life. You know, there's always somebody just saying, I think you should go this way. It's kind of like you're driving a car and there's, you know, eight kids in the back seat all trying to grab the steering wheel. You know, that's why it's so important. And I appreciate you taking the time and going and sitting and hearing the voice of the Lord being led and being, being directives, uh, uh, directive for him. Gerald Brooks, we got to see Gerald Brooks. I don't know if some of you may or may not know Gerald Brooks. He a, teaches a leadership, and he's just an awesome, awesome guy. We got to, got to hear him this week. Talked about all the decisions. And uh, he was talking about s- sort of the same kind of thing that we're talking about this morning. Uh, he mentioned that the Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counselors, people who are close to God, but they're also error uh, in a multitude of polls. You know, everybody wants to take a poll. You know, let's get a poll. You know, any time a poll was taken in the Bible, uh, God's people lost out big time. You know, uh, Mary at the wedding at Cana said, "Whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it." Uh, a lot of people live by consensus. What's everybody else doing? You know, if, so, if they can do it, I guess I can do it. No, what's God saying to you? Uh, when the children of Israel came out of the promised land, they took a vote. Let's get consensus. What did they come up with? We can't do it. We can't go in. Uh, the Sanhedrin. They took a vote. Should we put him to death or not? Yeah, they took a vote. Uh, Jesus made this statement. He said, I always do what pleases him. So we need to look at Jesus' lifestyle. I'm almost done here. Go to number 10. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. I just think the time in which we're living, it just, I mean, it requires you have some alone time with God. I'm not saying you have to lock yourself up. I'm not saying you've got to spend, you know, five hours every day. But you've got to shut things off. You've got to turn some things off. You've got to set some time aside. You've got to say, Lord, here I am. You know, uh, your servant is is awaiting. I mean, I'm just just spending time where you quiet yourself before the Lord so you can hear when he speaks. You don't have to climb a mountain to do this. You know, Jesus climbed a mountain. You don't have to, you don't have to climb a mountain to do it. First Peter 3.15, you don't have this slide. It says, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Sanctify. The word sanctify means to to reverence or honor. honor. Staying spiritually tuned to him. And I'm going to end with this one here. Number 11. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. He's not saying you don't need teachers. Because he put teachers in the body of Christ. What he's saying here is is that God, you realize the, new co- the beauty of the new covenant. God says, I will live in them. I will walk in them. You have the ability to be here and be led by the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And that's what the anointing is. That's the anointing. It abides in you. It's, it's there all the time in you. You don't not need anyone to teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true, is not a lie. Just as it has taught you, you will abide in Him. So stay focused. Amen. Main, maintain your focus. Take the time to uh, to sharpen that focus by spending that time alone with God. Again, it doesn't have to be hours upon hours, but just a consistent lifestyle. You know, where, Lord, uh, P- Pam has gone through this, through this exercise where God has just really taught her. It's critical, really. When she came to my uh, rescue and found me, it's because she had taken the time to position herself to say, Lord, here's your servant, speak. And her, so her, her spirit was attuned. Let me pray with you this morning. Father, we thank you this morning. God, that you are so faithful. We recognize that we live in a world filled with distractions. And Satan would use those distractions to keep us from the better thing. Just like Mary chose the better thing to sit at the feet of Jesus. Father, thank you that you just stir up our hearts. Bring an awareness to us. Father, your word says to examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. Lord, I believe for most of us, it's not major changes, but Lord, just little tweaks that all of us must continually make because Satan is trying to bring distractions. Just bring distractions to dull our focus, to dull our knife. So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. Thank you. We are your sheep. You are the great shepherd. And you will guide and direct us. In Jesus' name. Now, I just want to put out one invitation this morning. And I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Jason. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit according to Acts 2.4. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You know, you can educate your mind, you can educate your mind, but neglect your spirit. And that's why God has provided the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Because what it is, it's that anointing on the inside. God gives you a prayer language that surpasses, it goes beyond the limitations of your your mental reasoning. And the Bible says, when you pray in the spirit, you build yourself up, you keep yourself spiritually attuned to heaven. You can hear the voice of God better. And it's such a wonderful gift. If you've never received that gift, you can this morning. Uh, we'd be honored to pray with you. If you'd like a prayer to receive, I'll be up here. I know Pastor Jason's going uh, to close out the service in a minute, but I'll, I'll be up here, and I'll be, I'll be happy to meet you. I'll pray with you, and I, I guarantee God will do what he promised to do. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then one last thing: we have some a few copies of our book. Let's pray. If you've not received one of those and you'd like one, uh, we will have one there. Ten dollars, and if you'll just see me or see Pam over here, and we'll be happy to serve you, Pastor Jason.
1: Thank you, Pastor Jim. I'd like to uh, close out the service the way we started service. And we're just going to do exactly what we were just taught. We're going to do it right away. And I know the time on the clock. So we're just going to start with the heavyweights, the extra challenge. Jake, or can I get a little bit of the uh, anointed mojo uh, behind me? And uh, congregation, I'm just going to invite you to stand to stand to your feet as we close out service this morning, and we're gonna we're gonna just take maybe 120 seconds. Okay, we're gonna close our eyes. You know, I'm a this kind of person. If you if you've seen up here during worship, right? I take like two steps over so I don't knock Pastor Jason out while I'm worshiping. But sometimes, just this right here, this is a posture of receiving. So, I'm going to encourage you. You don't have to be this, but I'm going to encourage you to be this. And we're just going to take two minutes and we're going to stand in the presence of God. And you know, you can talk to Him about anything. You can say, Lord, the service is long today. It's long, Lord. I'm hungry, Lord. I'm hungry. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And that's enough. That's honesty with him right there. Ooh, he treasures that. So don't try to be super spiritual in this moment. You can tell him whatever you want. Father, I thank you that you speak to each and every one of our hearts. Do you have words that you have crafted specifically? to meet us individually. We turn our focus unto you, oh Lord. We turn our focus unto you. Father, and I pray that as we go from this place, that we will carry with us just a new commitment to making space for you at the grocery store as we run our errands, as we go into the workplace, that our focus is on you. We thank you and we praise you, Father, for all that you've done today. You have been generous. You have been good. And we worship you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we dismiss uh, us, the prayer teams to come up, I implore you to take advantage of them. They'll bless your family. They'll pray for you. If you don't know the Lord, they'll pray for you. If you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which will propel you with power in this life, do not hesitate to come and get prayer from this man. There is nobody I know personally that can just walk you into that like Pastor Jim, that can lead you into that. Do not hesitate. If you're unsure, come and talk to him. If you just want to talk through it a little bit and don't want to commit, come and talk to him. I'm not saying he's going to let you get away with that, but come and talk to him. Don't leave here today without and filled up. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. You're dismissed.